0: Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Show, the podcast series that takes the spirit of Cannabis Conference to the airwaves. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of Cannabis Conference and Cannabis Business Times. This week, I spoke with Fabian Monaco, the CEO of Gage Growth Corp, based in Michigan. You may have seen the news last week that the company just agreed to a $545 million acquisition by Terrasend. That's a large figure, and we're going to get into the qualities and characteristics of a business that go into a deal like that. Fabian previously worked at XIB Financial Inc., GMP Securities LP, and Scotia Bank. In addition to his vast investment banking and legal background, Fabian has more than 10 years of capital markets experience. And as you saw at Cannabis Conference last month and in the pages of Cannabis Business Times, that ability to navigate the fluctuations of capital markets is increasingly important in the cannabis space. Please enjoy my conversation with Fabian Monaco. Thanks so much for the time. I know it's been a a busy past week for you in in a lot of good ways. So definitely appreciate getting a chance to connect with you. I wanted to sort of begin by having you maybe lay out the short-term implications of this acquisition, particularly from Gage's perspective and what
1: this means for you. I guess yeah, I mean for from a short-term standpoint, um you know nothing really changes. We have our head down looking to execute in Michigan, you know, as quickly and as, as efficiently as possible, uh, very hungry on from an acquisition standpoint and really looking forward to closing a variety of our acquisitions in the near term in order to uh essentially get to our goal of opening up 20 retail locations in short order. Uh so from an E term standpoint doesn't affect much to be honest with you. Um Gage is kind of keenly focused on continuing to execute on its business plan in Michigan, and so far so good in a variety of ways. Absolutely. And how does this um,
0: or what does the outlook look like for you outside of Michigan? I know there are, of course, other end footprint markets in the conversation here. Um, what does that look like for you to, to take some of what Gage has done really well and, and start to bring it uh, elsewhere in the U.S.?
1: Yeah, no, We're excited to obviously expand the Gage brand um, to Pennsylvania, Maryland, New Jersey, California, and obviously continue the expansion in Canada. Again, very bullish on their you know, potential performance of the Gage and obviously the Cookies brand in New Jersey. We had a little bit of a hand in, in making that come to fruition um, when Terrison announced that about a week before our announcement um, or, or their announcement of, uh, of them acquiring us. <clears throat> And so we'll now have exclusivity of the Cookies brand, not only in Michigan, but now in New Jersey as a combined company. I'm really, really excited to see how that will perform uh, in New Jersey, respectively, because it performs extremely well in uh, in Michigan. And then more importantly, looking to expand that relationship potentially even further into Pennsylvania, Maryland, and maybe some new states that we go and kind of go after collectively.
0: Absolutely. Um, Maybe rewinding the clock a little bit. from Gage Growth's perspective, what were some of the uh, guiding principles or, or what was the vision that led to a deal like this? I know that obviously things change and conversations happen and, and the market is always a sort of a fluctuating beast in its own right. But uh, maybe 12 months in the past or so, what were some of the animating principles that, that brought you or brought Gage rather and you uh,
1: and TerraSend together? Yeah, so I think for Gage, you know, we were pretty aggressive uh, looking for expansion opportunities in other states outside of Michigan. We take a look at our top five, you know, favorite markets. Uh, three of them happen to be Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey. Uh, the other two being Massachusetts and Illinois. And so, from our perspective, you know, really it helps us accelerate. on frankly, even the Gage plan. By joining forces with Harrison, already had the developed infrastructure in those respective markets in, ter- in Maryland, uh, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. Are already so ahead of the curve. Phenomenal position in New Jersey. Same with Pennsylvania, and really ramping up their Maryland assets. So, you know, we think those three markets, coupled with Michigan, are probably going to be the top eight markets here for the next couple of years in terms of you know total sales of cannabis in those respective markets. So if we can be the leader, the number one leader in four out of the top six or top eight markets, that's going to drive tremendous amount of value for shareholders. And so, you know, we were particularly bullish on that transaction for that exact point. We do truly feel we can be the number one cannabis brand in some of the biggest states, not to mention, obviously, California. Maybe a little bit tough and, you know, too bullish to think that we'd be the number one player in California, but do feel we can most definitely compete at a high level in that market as well. So now you're looking at five of the top eight, you know, um, markets over the next couple of years being those five markets that will be have, you know, that will essentially have a very, very strong foothold from an operational and branding standpoint.
0: Yeah, the momentum is certainly there and building. Um, Just to sort of take those states as, um, you know, points of conversation here and and drill down them a little bit. You know, here we are in 2021. A lot's happening in the space. There's a bit of a legalization wave going on in the Mm -hmm. U.S. And and certainly there's some uh, headwinds in in Washington, D.C. Um, Are those states attractive partially because they're sort of on the hinge of coming out of a strong medical market and teeing up that adult use market in New Jersey, for instance, and obviously Michigan? or also just having that strong medical market with a bright a bright future ahead of them, as in Pennsylvania. Is, is that part of the equation here Here in 2021?
1: Yeah, so I think you, know, you take a look at, at what, what's a good indicator of how you know, a market will evolve is kind of looking at their performance from a medical standpoint and seeing how it evolves um, to an adult use standpoint. And then really you get to see ahead of time from a medical standpoint, what these markets may look like from an adult use standpoint. you saw Michigan being the second largest medical card holder system only behind California for many many years and Michigan went wreck on December 1st 2019 and essentially catapulted itself in I don't know 18 months or so to the number two market in the country. They're just right behind Colorado, so I, sh- I shouldn't be I shouldn't say that they're number three still. Um, and we think the same is going to happen with Pennsylvania when that goes rec. And New Jersey, we think, is going to be quite large as well with nine million or so people, almost the same size as Michigan. Michigan has a little over 10. New Jersey has a little over nine. Uh, pretty strong medical market that we saw in, in, in New Jersey up until the point where, you know, rec was being announced. And I think a lot of people are just waiting for, for rec to come online. So, you know, I think it's a good indicator of, you know, when you look at the medical program, in these respective markets in Maryland, in Pennsylvania, see the good strength that they're, and and the good growth that they're, that they're achieving coupled with, you know, the success that we already saw in Michigan kind of makes us again, really, really bullish.
0: Yeah. And sort of uh, sticking with Michigan in particular, obviously the foothold is there on Gage's side. You've mentioned a few goals already. You've mentioned bullishness in general. Uh, What are some of the, the goals over the next 12 months for Gage in Michigan on a competitive level that maybe this, this acquisition helps along or at least uh, lifts up a little bit. Uh, But what are you hoping to achieve in Michigan specifically?
1: Again, um, you know, just looking to continue to be pretty aggressive in our expansion plans. We do think Michigan will continue to be, um, you know, one of the top three markets, at least. Again, as I mentioned, it's going to be number two pretty soon here. Uh, I think, you know, as that market continues to grow, we want to be the number one player in that particular market we will be the number one cultivator from a portfolio standpoint by the end of this year and then we really want to be the number one retailer as well and we have a clear path towards that via acquisitions and so again um, you know it's going to be a transformational market for the industry as a whole you can't have a cannabis brand just like you can't have a cannabis brand if you're not you know successful in a place like california can't really have or claim to have a cannabis brand. If you, you know, don't have that success in, in Michigan, uh, it's just way too big of a market. It's way too influential on the space. And so it's going to be part of the, of the broader plan of the combined company to continue executing there and being, you know, the number one player there.
0: Yeah, and, so hopefully, uh, Hopefully
1: I answer your question.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think there's a lot of moving parts and, you know, that's why I think it's such an interesting time for, uh, a deal like this. And I was going to bring up your, your capital markets expertise as well, the background uh, prior to Gage uh, in the capital market space. And I'm wondering what sort of broader financial or capital related trends you're watching in the cannabis space that either made a deal like this more timely or just uh, are making the cannabis space a bit more exciting in 2021. I know 2020 was rough in more than a few
1: ways, but From a capital market side what are you noticing in the industry these days yeah so i think if you look at you know who are the companies that are predominantly getting you know cheaper cost of capital on the debt side of things better access to capital generally and better deal flow as well it's all the larger entities i think as a standalone single state operator we perform quite well and punch the well above our weight considering you know the amount of capital the companies raised and what we've been able to do with that capital. Now as the companies transition to um, just again being being quite large in terms of you know their numbers we're looking now at companies approaching you know billion dollar run rates if not surpassing billion dollar run rates. And so for us we want to be part of that bigger beast. We think that once capital inflows open up from A US standpoint and worldwide standpoint, if we can kind of rectify some of the regulatory issues that we have surrounding cannabis in the US, again, the capital inflows are going to be immense and they're going to flow into the larger companies. Those companies are going to get calls from investors from all over the world. The cost of capital for those companies is going to be driven downward. And so we're, you know, we want to be on the cusp of that and ensure we are part of a bigger beast in order to take advantage of those opportunities because at this point in time no matter how we look at it you know some of the biggest institutional investors in the world they're talking to companies like cureleaf green thumb Tarasen, and just not yet gage can we get to that point most definitely but we wanted to leapfrog that time period to ensure that we were again front and center in that discussion of companies that people will be investing in in the near term
0: Certainly, and you know, I would venture to guess that that some companies, um, you know, are sort of looking at it as a land rush in a way, and maybe hooking up with partners that that may not serve their best interests in the long run. And so, I want what I wanted to ask was about that sort of cultural fit or the shared strategic values between Gauge and TerraSend. And I know sometimes uh, this comes out a lot in the integration phases, and maybe more of a almost more of a long term conversation, but. What were some of those things that um, provided the cultural glue,
1: so to speak, for Gage and Tarasone? I think just people, you know, both, 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 you know, companies and and the management of both companies and the large shareholders of both companies, frankly, simply want to be uh, the best cannabis brand in the space. And more importantly, are very, very long-term greedy. You know, myself and the two main founders of Gage entered into lockups uh you know when this transaction closes. And so for us, we were um we kind of share a similar mindset to essentially be in this for the long term, not interested in you know making a quick buck, more interested in building the best cannabis company in the world and having that you know be our prime focus. And that kind of shared value um, is on both sides, you know, here in this transaction. And that's what kind of made a you know made this a no-brainer for us. Yeah, and sort of uh I guess to
0: summarize or, or wrap around, I know we talked earlier this summer about brands, um, talking about Khalifa Kush, you mentioned cookies earlier in this conversation. Um, just to maybe reiterate on that point, because I think both proprietary brands and, and partnerships like that are are going to play a super important role in the next couple of years in cannabis. Um, you know, in the in the months ahead or in, in the years ahead, even. Um, Could you maybe elaborate on on why that is important to you and now to to gauge and terrorism?
1: Yeah, So, you know, there's there's very few companies out there that can, you know, safely say they have a brand in cannabis. And, you know, we've tried to partner with those types of brands in order to in order to be at the forefront of, you know, essentially being the one stop shop for a cannabis consumer when they're, you know, in our respective markets and where we operate. And so up until this point, obviously, it's just been Michigan. But now as we expand to um, some of these other states uh, with Terracent, I'm looking to bring that same brand portfolio, Khalifa Kush, Pure Beauty, Cookies, to the Terracent family in order to uh, essentially create a similar model where be the exclusive provider of best-in-class brands outside of your respective states predominantly West Coast brands and predominantly California brands, because they're succeeding in one of the toughest markets in the country in terms of competition. And if they're succeeding there, that means they're probably gonna be succeeding in the markets that you operate in. And so that mentality has served us really, really well. It served us well when we partnered with cookies. Cookies, as you know, you know, considered a very good brand two, three years ago uh, when we first signed our agreement with them, almost three years ago, actually, uh, took a chance on them. We were their first brand partner outside of the state of California. And since then, obviously the brand has blown up and they're in multiple states now, not just Michigan. And so for us, again, um, that particular strategy performed so well for us, the amount that we were able to elevate our brand um, playing alongside with cookies was i don 't want to call it astonishing, but even surprised us you know how fast the gauge brand was able to grow and it's through that relationship it 's through that ecosystem of the cookies brand and now our future brands that we plan are partnering with or that we've partnered with that are going to really um, continue to help drive and elevate our brand if you can partner with the pure Beauty, a Khalifa Kush of cookies um, and get that recognition on their platform through their ecosystem you can't buy that you can't buy that anywhere and so this same strategy and mentality we're going to be bringing to uh to terracent going to be looking to enter into exclusive partnerships with those same brands in uh, those respective markets where terracent operates and so you'll see us you know announce a deal for blue river pure beauty or khalifa kush in those new markets once we close this transaction Super exciting. Again, uh, you know, the reputation
0: often precedes things like gauge and and cookies. And so I I imagine these new markets are uh, champing at the bit uh, to um, to get acquainted uh, with what you're offering. Um, So very exciting. And and Fabian, I definitely appreciate getting a chance to connect with you on this. Like I said, certainly good and exciting news. And uh, we're looking forward to following along.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Eric.
0: And that's a wrap on another episode of Beyond the Show. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Fabian Monaco there of Gage Growth Corp, talking about the latest fairly blockbuster acquisition of his company at the hands of Terrasend. It's going to be very exciting to see where that acquisition leads and and how that unfolds, especially in the integration phase that, uh, that follows a lot of deals like this, of course. We're looking forward to doing more beyond the show episodes this fall of course cannabis conference 2021 is sort of in the rear view at this point although there's plenty more to talk about both here at gie world headquarters gie is our publishing company of course and outside of these walls here on the podcast you know we're all ears and eager to hear feedback about the show but also eager to hear who you want on the podcast Uh, this is in many ways the podcast for the market and so we're eager to hear who you'd like to hear from on Beyond the Show. So drop me a line anytime. My email is at esandy at g-i-e dot net. That's E S A N D Y at gie.net. Feel free to reach out anytime if you've been enjoying this podcast series and if there are folks who you'd like to see on the show, beyond the show, in the coming weeks and months. Thanks.